fourth of the sixth part series on the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to invite uh, Brother Chosan to come and share a testimony with us. Chosan. to speak to fathers too, but looks like it's fathers to be more. Okay. Okay, this experience that I'm about to share is one of the many encounters or coincidences uh, in a journey that highlights how the Holy Spirit counseled me in my role as father in my family. Uh, it is about learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how He works, and then how to respond to God in daily living. Uh, what I'm about to share revolves around Jessica's trip uh, to the International House of Prayer or IHOP. As many of us know, she's there right now. In fact, she's graduating today or tomorrow, US time, all right? Uh, yeah, so which is good. So coming back in two weeks, we look forward to have her back. Now, what were the things that led to her going to IHOP? Many of these events happened about the same time. So there are actually seven parts. Huh? So I'm going to tell you the first one now. There are seven parts to this journey. First, money. Money is on top of many people's minds. One night, I received a call from my brother. And out of the blue, he asked me, how much does he owe me? I was very unprepared to answer him because, and I, and I don't know, I don't know the number, right? Because every so often, he will have difficulty and will just uh, give him money. So I explained to him, I really don't know. So he gave a number and said, okay, 10,000, is that enough? I said, I really don't know. So the number doesn't, doesn't click, all right? So I said, okay, okay, 12,000, okay, just take it, 12,000. So we settled at that 12,000. Little do I know that God was already at work for an event that I don't even know of. So 12,000, keep that number in mind. Second, voice. During the same season, I had an impression that God had wanted, uh, God had wanted Jessica to sit at Jesus' feet. Again, this, this voice uh, is an impression, not, not something you hear, but just an impression, but it's very clear, it's a clear impression. The voice said, teach Jessica to sit at my feet. Teach Jessica to sit at my feet. Now, I had by then, no, do not write off all these things. Huh? Don't take it as frivolous. But, so I took it and then we just kept it. I shared with Hang Chuan and we just kept it. Third, the question came, right? Daddy, mommy, can I go to iHub? But before that, Jessica had just finished school. And we were discussing what she should do. She should go to Bible college, she should do this, she should do that. And our discussion between Jessica Hang Chuan and I, Hang Chuan's my wife, uh, was that, hey, go heal songs, okay? That's worship, etc., etc. Go heal songs. So that was it. However, God had a different plan. Jessica heard very differently after that. And so uh, she did a very godly thing, which we are very happy. She asked God for confirmation. She asked God for two things. Now, Hang Chuan and I do not know about this. So she asked God for two things. That number one, that uh, both Hang Chuan and my, I, the parents, must agree to her going to IHOP. That's number one. And number two, God must give enough money for the IHOP internship. So again, Hang Chuan and I do not know this. So when Jessica popped the question out and said, oh, we're going to go IHOP, change our plans, one of the key questions for father and in the future for your fathers to be is to find out, you know, is that 
the place that she should go. What is this place all about? We did our search. We went to the internet and searched. Uh, what we found were unfavorable comments. Hey, watch out for this guy. This leader is this and that. We were very uneasy. So forth, what did we did? We go and find out more. So the first thing that we did, first thing that we did was to talk to somebody who went there before. So we spoke uh, through Jessica's connection. We spoke to this person by the name of Jason Chua. Jason Chua is the person who started the House of Prayer in Singapore. Uh, they, are, they are working towards having a 24-7 House of Prayer in Singapore. So when we met, we asked many questions. Okay, uh, Of course, uh, some of the questions we asked was routine. Okay, How was the routine like? The reason is, when we read uh, the things on the web, the web says they will train you up until you are so tired so that your children will be led astray at the time. So we asked, how's the routine? So we went to find out. How's the teaching? We find out. But key among all this was how much does it cost? Parents always have that in mind. Eh? How much does it cost? Jason gave an estimate. Airfare, cost fee, expenses, everything all loaded in. He said, well, it's about 12000 We were pleasantly surprised. Okay. So now we knew about IHOP, but what we were very surprised was the accuracy with the estimate. Now, it was a coincidence that Hang Chuan and I took special note So again, not enough God, okay, but we keep it one side. Boys, money, and coincidence. So we went to find out more. Fifth, what happened? All the fifth thing happened all in Penang, in Singapore. <coughs> I was, uh, Hang Chuan and I helped in this group called the LL Ministries doing healing and deliverance. And they were organizing a school in Penang. A couple of funny things. Number one, they have never organized something in June. So now they did. Number two, they have never organized it in Penang. Many places, but not Penang, alright? But now they did. So, as part of the Reiki team, I had to go up uh, and Reiki. It was over a weekend. And because it was over a weekend, we looked for a church to do worship. So we went to this church for worship. Now, I had just came back from Moscow at that time. I was very tired. It was just came down quickly, moved up to Penang. And then, since I was so tired, I was dozing in and out of the messages, all right, sitting in front of me, so dozing in and out. And what happened was the pastor preached. And as he preached, he mentioned IHOP. That caught my attention and I woke up. IHOP. And I was wondering, of all the places in Penang, must be this church, must be this speaker, and he must talk about IHOP at this time. So uh, so what I did was, immediately after the message, I went to catch hold of him and say, hey, let's, let's find out more. So I had, an, had other appointments with him to, to find out more. In my conversations, I did not have the answer I need that God said, yes, he say that, all right? But God gave more news. And uh, one of the things I found out was, uh, the CEO of IHOP was actually a pastor of a Baptist church from Penang so Daniel Lim so I said oh so it appears that there were some decent people in IHOP too alright so that was it so a lot of coincidences but God still nothing concrete God what about all this sound teaching thing I'm hearing nothing alright well that comes to the sixth part end of the day parents and future parents to be you've got to decide one way or the other so Hang Chun and I we prayed quite a lot and then finally, we just made the decision. Okay, let's go ahead. So Jessica, go. One thing internship, go ahead. It was then that Jessica told us that no, uh, no, uh, uh, that uh, told us of what she has asked. 
parents must say okay, Krishna should God, that there must be money. And the money actually came unsolicited, just in time. So we knew it's from this. Now, what then? My heart was still not at peace. So seven. So Jessica, Jonathan and I, we went since you do not know, go and see for yourself, alright? So as a father, I have just got to know that this is right. right? So uh, during our time there, we met with other parents in IHOP as well. Uh, and then most of them were from mainstream churches in the USA. And they were quite happy for the children to be at this internship. So that was good. But more importantly, I met God myself in the prayer room. See, IHOP has got a prayer room 24-7. Actually, you can see the live streaming as well for continuous prayer. So it was there over the few days, Jonathan and I, we went and then we prayed. And then, uh, well, God spoke, not in thunder and lightning, but God spoke with a quiet peace that He placed within me in the prayer room. Just to say that, hey, you are on the right track. So after all these things, I still did not get my answer, but many of this. Huh? So what can we gather from this experience? If I may say, number one, God does speak. God does speak through His Holy Spirit. It is just whether I want to hear it my way or His way. I think His way is much better. So with this in mind, you know, may this be our prayer. You know? Lord, Lord, have Your way in this. Have Your way. Have Your way in this. Thank you. Okay, I want to ask uh, Chosan to, to stay here like uh, as a proxy for all fathers. Today's Father's Day. And so we want to pray. We want to pray for uh, all our fathers. Uh, maybe we can just rise up and if you want, like to stretch out your hand uh, towards this proxy for all fathers. Let's think about our own fathers as we pray. And Chosan talked to us two things. As the provider of the family and as the spiritual protector of the family. So let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you and we want to pray now for our earthly fathers. Would you bless my father in his role as provider of the family and as even physical and spiritual protector of the family? Would you grant him favor with his bosses and subordinates and, and co-workers and customers and all those that he has to deal with in, in, in this uh, sinful and unbelieving world? Would you set him as your witness and would you enable him to be salt and light to the world? Lord, we pray for our fathers that you would grant to them the full armour of God as the protector of the family. Let that belt be the belt of truth and spirit of truth, you will ensure that. Let there be a breastplate of righteousness in their walk with you, in their witness before the world. Let their shoes be the shoes of the gospel of peace, that in their heart, in their spirit, there will always be peace, no matter, no matter what office politics there might be, or even financial difficulties. Let them carry always the shield of faith with which they can defend themselves against the darts of the evil one. Let them carry the sword of the Spirit, Lord, enrich them in the word, so that the words that come out of their mouth will be full of truth, grace, and will be full of the Spirit too. And protect them with the helmet of salvation. 
God, there are fathers here without that helmet of salvation. And so we want to pray for those fathers who are not yet believers. God, would you remove the veil from their eyes? Would you use our word and our witness to touch their hearts, Lord? Would the Holy Spirit, you, through our prayers, just move in their hearts so much that they can see you, they can see the loving grace of God, and they will come and receive you as their Lord and their Savior. So thank you, Lord. We pray for our fathers. Lord, bless our fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you know, today we're talking about water, wind, and fire of the Holy Spirit. But there are more symbols of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is characterized as, uh, as oil, as a dove. And I'm so encouraged this week, uh, last week actually, this is the beginning of the week, by oil. Uh, what Roslyn came in and told us this week was that uh, the community services, uh, the community center uh, where the MP uh, and her team works have... 420 bottles of oil, cooking oil, hand-brand soya oil, healthy ones to give to us just at a time when we are going capping this coming Saturday on the 22nd. Two liters is quite heavy. But I thought, how great it is, how great it is while we are going through uh, the series on the Holy Spirit to be given oil, to be given oil that we can pass on to the community. So all of you, please come. Uh, you know, June is a very difficult month, a lot of people are on holidays and, and Angeline and I are going to cover one block ourselves because every single member in my cell group has gone on holiday. Okay, so we need help. You can come at all. If you've never done capping before, don't even know what it is, ask and then come. Because on top of the oil, we have rice. <laughs> okay, two liters of oil and one kg of rice to give to the, the residents. And even rice... The Lord wants to bless us. You know, we ordered from Songhe, okay, quality brand brown rice as part of healthy living. And one day, again, Rosalind received a call. We've already ordered. We fixed the price. They were going to deliver. This guy says, hey, sorry, we've got to change the price. And we're going to reduce it from $3.01 after GST to $2.80 after GST. I said, what? Since when have you ever heard anybody come to you to reduce price, you know? Yeah, I thought this was really favor from God. So if you don't go for capping this Saturday, yeah, you're missing out on the favor of God. Anyway, so oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read through all the, the verses here. Uh, let me just jump on. Today, we're talking about water, wind, and fire. Let me just run through a few verses, uh, and then we'll have the video begin. Water. John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the, festival, of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not yet been given since Jesus has not yet been glorified. And then, Holy Spirit is symbolized by wind. John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, 
but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And lastly, fire. In Acts chapter 2, from verse 1, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And later on in uh, Luke chapter 3, Jesus, uh, John answered this way. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And where there is fire, fire can be quenched. And that's why in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, this was given to us, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Over the last few uh, videos, um, I do not know if you have uh, uh, seen this, but I observe the faces of the, those people giving testimonies, the before and the after, and see a very significant, noticeable change. We, what is the, the clear, clearest fruit of, of the Spirit is in a changed life. That's what we see. Okay? Some people, when they're filled with the Spirit, they speak in tongues. That we can see. But I think the clearest one is a changed life. And, and, and I hope that you will observe the faces of these people as the video is going to play and, and see that changed life. I could tell you about a number of symbols of the borough of Brooklyn. At the place I was born, I was raised, and now I pastor a church, the Brooklyn Tabernacle. There's Prospect Park, there's the Botanical Gardens, there's Junior's Cheesecake. People come from all over the city to get a piece of that. But there's nothing like the Brooklyn Bridge. It was built in 1870, just five years after the Civil War ended. It took 13 years to complete, and now, when cars were so rare and few back in those days, now almost 150,000 vehicles pass over it every day. It's a great symbol of a borough that I love. In the Bible, God gives us a number of symbols of the Holy Spirit, symbols that are full of meaning and truth for us. Let's study and discuss a number of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. can't define it, you can't explain it, but when someone's on fire with the love of God or loves the Word of God or loves to pray, the next thing you know, other people are praying. Other people are looking in the Bible because fire is contagious. It sets other things on fire. And there's a man in our church now who has gone through some fiery ordeals in his life in Vietnam and other places. And now because of the fire of the Holy Spirit working in his life, the message of Jesus Christ and His love is being spread to a lot of other people. His name is Angel Zapata. Well, we came to live in these projects, the Alfred E. Smith projects in 1955, after living in the tenements, after we came here from Puerto Rico. 
At that time, the project was strange to us. It was uh, fearful. We were fearful to be here. It was an atmosphere of fear. There were gangs, there were drugs, there was violence. It, uh, it was a frightening place at the time. And we were little kids. I was only five years old when I came to live here. I remember enjoying playing, running, and uh, hiding in the bushes, because there was bushes everywhere, or playing with little soldiers. But there was always a bully around the corner. There was always bullies. And they would take advantage of you, take whatever you had, even if it was a quarter. So you always have to look behind you. It was a, a tense time of living. It was very tense. Well, I noticed that the bullies, most of them were members of gangs. And so, uh, for safety's sake, and to keep my sanity, I guess, I joined the gangs too. And the gangs in those days, they, they were mostly, uh, we would fight people from other places, but it was like, uh, if you were part of a gang, everybody left you alone. They wouldn't mess with you. And so we learned to drink, we learned to smoke weed, and go to parties and cut school and hang out. That's what we did. I was about 17 at the time. We were getting high under the Brooklyn Bridge over there. And uh, every day we were getting high. I had dropped out of school. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. And I looked at my friends and I saw them. And in my mind's eye, I saw them 20 years later and they were still there doing the same thing. And I didn't want that. And so I told them, I'm leaving. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm joining the army. They said, are you crazy? There's a war going on. I said, it's got to be better than this. And I said, well, when are you leaving? I said, I'm leaving on Thursday. Then they all said, okay, go, but you'll be sorry. And they were right. Let's talk about some of the symbols of the Holy Spirit that are given to us in the Word of God. There's the symbol of wind or breath. Really, it's the same word in the New Testament, wind and breath. Then there's the symbol of water, there's the symbol of oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is likened to the oil that was put on almost everything in the tabernacle when it was created as a place of worship for God. The priests were anointed with oil, etc. And then there's fire. Um, and then there's dew, another form of water. Let's talk about some of them because for each of them there's a lesson for us as to the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what he has come to do as part of God's plan of salvation. Let's start with water. Uh, in the Old Testament, of course, if there was no water, there was no life. No water equals no life. What a perfect symbol of the fact that unless the Spirit comes, there's no life. No life in us no life in our churches. Without the Holy Spirit, you can have perfect orthodoxy. Your doctrine can be right as far as you or I see it, but there's just death. It's, it's like, uh, uh, some, like the Mojave Desert. There's no life. Nothing's going to grow. There'll be no fruitfulness because water is needed for that. And uh, they knew that back in that day in the Middle East. Water equals life. No water tends toward death. Remember the day on that great day, the last day of the feast, when Jesus cried out and said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink of me. And then he went on to say, And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Well, of course, he was speaking of salvation. And he likened that salvation 
to not so much his work on the cross, but to the life-giving quality of the Spirit of God living within us. When the Spirit of God comes, there's new life. Without the Spirit of God, it's us trying to produce something that we can't in our own weakness and sinful tendencies. Ah, but when the Spirit comes, there's joy, there's peace, there's hope. It all comes only by the Spirit of God. So notice also that it wouldn't be just a trickle. Out of his innermost being will come rivers of living water. Don't you think a lot of us live just off of a trickle? We don't understand the laws of the working of the Holy Spirit. We don't appreciate him. We quench him. We grieve him sometimes by the things we say and we do. We're not conscious of his work in our lives on a daily basis. We're very much aware of what Jesus did on the cross, but of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, that's not something we think about. So we miss out on the refreshing, the, the uh, abundance that was promised. Notice, rivers flowing out from Him speak of an overflow that can go to another person's life. Uh, isn't that wonderful about the Holy Spirit? He not only satisfies my needs and your needs, He not only produces Christ in us, But He flows out from us so that we can be a blessing to others. A Spirit-filled church, a Spirit-filled Christian, someone controlled and overflowing with the water of the Spirit is going to bring life to other places, bring blessing, bring the message of the Gospel. This is all wrapped up in that beautiful figure or symbol of water, the water of the Holy Spirit. I was trained uh, in the infantry. And when I got to Vietnam, they sent me to a mechanized infantry unit. I had never seen a tank up close or a track, an armored personnel carrier. And they, the first day I got there, they threw me up on the track and they said, drive. I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to do this. It was like on-the-job training. And we fought the enemy. The enemy was formidable and he was sneaky. He laid mines, he laid traps, he had booby traps, he had snipers. But we went into the jungle and we looked for them on what they call search and destroy missions. And my first firefight, uh, it lasted about four hours. And it was a horrible experience. At the same time, it was exciting and terrifying. I shot up all my ammunition, threw grenades and everything. It was awful. And at the dregs of the battle, uh, my sergeant, I was the last one, on the, the art track was the last one on the line going through the jungle. And my sergeant traded places with us. And the minute he traded places, an RPG, a rocket propelled grenade, came in and killed him. Blew him right off the track. And we had, and I felt so guilty about that. Because that should have been me. And I put him in a poncho. That's how we carried the dead. When I went to go to the helicopter, we got sniper fire. And I had to hide behind his body. And for years after that, I dreamed of that. Hiding behind a dead man, and a dead man laughing at me. And it affected me. I just kept getting high and angry and I started getting angry and I noticed I was angry about everything. I fought with people for no reason. I was depressed and sad and nightmares and cold sweats. Have you ever gotten dried out and arid and run down in your Christian walk? And the harder you try to be what you know God wants you to be, the worse it gets. For a lot of people, they either just keep trying harder and 
become disillusioned or some folks just give up and play the hypocrite. But there's an answer to those dry periods in our lives when we've been running around too much. Uh, there's an old saying, if you run around, you run down and then you want to run away. One of the beautiful pictures of the Holy Spirit when it comes to water is uh, Hosea 14, verse 5. I will be like the dew to Israel. He will blossom like a lily. Now this is water, but it's the symbol of the Holy Spirit acting like dew that comes in the quiet times of night. And when we wake up in the morning, ah, there's this beautiful coating, this beautiful layer of refreshing water on the grass or on the flowers. Now, I've had times in my life when I've gotten so dry, so worn out, and the Holy Spirit has ministered to me like dew and has caused me to blossom like a lily. And He wants to do the same for you. That, those are those times when we just sit in His presence with the Word maybe on our lap. When we read the Word. I remember one day going up to my attic I was so beat down by life, by challenges, ministry, financial needs. I forgot what it was. Just so much coming at once. And I just sat there with my Bible. I began to read it. And after I read, I think, a psalm, I just looked up to God. And I said, God, I'm not leaving this place unless you come and refresh my spirit. I can't go on. You know, the Bible talks about times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. He will be like the dew to Israel, his people. And as I sat there, it happened that it was for hours. The Lord came not in some loud, fiery river running rapidly uh, across me or in me, but He came like dew and He just settled on me. And through the Word and the work of His Holy Spirit, God revived me and I was able to face the challenges of a new day. One day, my brother told me he became a Christian. I could not believe it said, you a Christian? That just blew me away. So I looked to see if he was a real Christian. And one day I went to see my mother who was dying of cancer at the time. And I asked my brother a question about God. And I don't know why I did that. And as he started talking to me, I sensed a presence in the room emanating from him, from within him. And it freaked me out because I didn't know what he was. It scared me, terrified me. And my brother said, I got to go down to put some coins in the meat. I'll be right back. And when he stepped out of the room, that presence left with him. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit of God. I didn't know that because I couldn't recognize it. And I started seeing my brother observing him, and he became a real Christian. He was a real example of what Christ was. The first person I ever saw Jesus in was my brother. And he prayed for me for 12 years. And I used to kick him out of my house and curse at him. And wouldn't let him talk the gospel to me say shut up I don't want to hear it and I was pushing him out of my door and he I locked the door and put a chair on the door and I can hear him praying in the hallway it drives me nuts I get so angry and one night I wanted to kill myself and I was crying had a knife in my hand I was trying to slice my own throat but I couldn't my hand wouldn't go up as high so it's something like stopping me and the phone was ringing and ringing and I tore the phone off the wall and I screamed and I cursed in the phone I said who is this it was my brother, the Christian. And he said, Angel, don't do it. Don't kill yourself. God has a plan for your life. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And he came and he rescued me.
One of my favorite symbols of the Holy Spirit is that of fire. When John the Baptist came on the scene before Jesus appeared, he said, I baptize you with water, but the one who comes after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. It just so happens that Jesus never baptized anyone in water as we know it from the Bible because his baptism was a baptism of the Holy Spirit and of fire. Now, that isn't a separate thing from the Holy Spirit. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Our God is a consuming fire. Fire is often used of the power and presence of God. Now, fire is something that we really need in our lives. The fiery quality of the Holy Spirit. What is it about fire that makes it such a beautiful emblem of the Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, the fire penetrates. You can put water on a piece of wood and it'll just be wet wood. You can put oil on uh, the wood and it'll be oily wood. The wind can blow on the wood and it'll just be wind-blown wood. Ah, but if you light a match and get a fire to that wood, it will penetrate the wood. Fire penetrates to the very core of a thing. It, it burns up anything that's superfluous. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. It's supposed to do that in preaching. Preaching that is influenced and anointed by the Holy Spirit is fiery preaching. Not in the sense of beating people down and knocking them out in a condemnatory way. But it penetrates and it reveals to people their sin and their need of Jesus Christ. Otherwise it becomes a form of entertainment of, or oratory. But, but the Holy Spirit comes as fire. The prophets in the Old Testament spoke a word of fire that brought about change. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached. His sermon was full of fire and people were moved in their hearts, stirred. Why? Because his word cut through. When God deals with us, he doesn't deal with surface stuff. He gets right to the nitty-gritty of our lives and the problems that are holding us back from being what he wants us to be. What else about fire can we liken the Holy Spirit to? Well, another thing about fire is that it illuminates. Now, you go back thousands of years ago, of course, there was no electricity. You just go back hundreds of years ago, there was no electricity. In fact, most of the history of this world, of our world, has been by the, the light of a fire, not by electric uh, light bulbs and things that we're, we, we take for granted. So fire meant illumination. I know where I'm going. I can avoid stepping in a pit. I can avoid running into something. I remember one day as a kid walking down to my the basement in my home and uh, there was all kinds of stuff down there that my father stored and the lights were not on, the bulb had gone out and I was trying to make way, my way through a total pitch black basement and Sure enough, I stepped into something. Have you ever stubbed your toe like where you feel the pain like to like six feet above you? I mean, I was just paralyzed by the pain. Why did it happen? It doesn't have any light. That's what happens in life. People walk into things because they're not being led by the Holy Spirit. He illuminates our lives and our choices so that we know what to avoid. There's a way that seems right to a man, the Bible says, but the end is destruction. And the Holy Spirit was sent to guide us and to help us avoid wrong paths and guide us into the path that we need to take. Just think how little 
uh, how little the Holy Spirit is dependent on to make religious decisions of denominations and churches. We, we depend on computers. We depend on our IQ. And we're making decisions concerning the church of Jesus Christ without consulting the Holy Spirit. A well-known uh, uh, preacher in America, an author, told me recently he was in a board meeting that went on for about a half hour and he noticed there was no prayer before it, no prayer during it, and no mention of the Holy Spirit like God. We don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit was sent to guide us. You'll notice in the book of Acts that Paul's trips were governed not by a computer printout or by some software, but by the illumination of the Holy Spirit. He was forbidden to go to some places by the Holy Spirit, not because they didn't need the gospel, but because God had another plan. And then lo and behold, he had a dream and there's a Macedonian call and the Holy Spirit illuminates what he needs to do. We need the illumination of the Holy Spirit today. Lastly, fire is contagious. Oh, I love that about the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is moving in a church, when the Holy Spirit is moving in a person's life, it, it sets other people on fire. And I went to live in the Bronx and I started going to church. And I went into a discipleship program. I met a lot of real Christians. And it was a very unusual experience for me. And one day I was in Bible school and and I didn't feel worthy enough to receive the Holy Spirit. Everybody's talking about the Holy Spirit this, the Holy Spirit that. But I couldn't feel anything. Everybody started praying. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said, I'm going to repeat whatever he says or whatever she says. And that's what I started doing. And then in the process, all of a sudden, someone was shouting really loud. And then when I realized it, it was me. I was doing the shouting. And I was calling on God. And God showed up. The fire of God forget that. It just hit me. And I felt his presence. And it was in that room. And the whole school stopped because the whole school knew it. And I felt a, a heat and a love. It was great. When the Holy Spirit touched me and he fell on me and I felt his presence burning in me, the first thing I lost was my anger. I wasn't angry no more. I was actually happy. I was smiling. I went 30 years suffering from depression. I couldn't smile. But it's something that cleans. And like all your junk comes to the top, you know, like dross, like gold. The harder you make the gold, the more the impurities come to the surface. The Holy Spirit's like that. The harder that that you, that you sense his presence, the more impurities come to the surface. Then he comes, he just like draws, he, he wipes it away. And that's what we need to always come back to, the Holy Spirit. It's not a one-time experience. It's a whenever you need him, whenever you want him, he's there. Continuous experience. You probably don't know the chorus that I heard growing up as a kid. I was just a little kid sitting in a pew or sometimes underneath it and I would hear my mom and dad and folks around them singing this song. It was a prayer song. Oh Lord, send the fire just now. Oh Lord, send the fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of us are working in our lives to get rid of things by picking at it like they would try to do 
after New Year's Eve and all that confetti, they got to pick it up. But the way God gets rid of a lot of junk in our lives is not by introspection and trying to pick every part out. Just have a good fire. Let the Holy Spirit come and burn out the dross. Remember what the Bible says? He will sit as a refiner's as a refiner of silver. He will be like a refiner's fire, burning us up and making us the people that God wants us to be. And can, shall we not finally pray that there will be a new descent of the Holy Spirit and His fire in our churches? You probably go to a church, just like I go to church, I pastor a church, and I know our greatest need is not money, it's not new equipment, it's not more talent, it's not better versions of the Bible. What the greatest thing we need in the Brooklyn Tabernacle, how about you? We need more fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit. Changing lives and spreading out through the area that God has put us in so that Christ can be glorified. May that be our prayer today. Send the fire just now. I hope that is uh, our prayer too. Today's Father's Day, so we have uh, a present for fathers and a candle. And the verse that we put in that candle is this verse, Romans 12, from verse 11. It says, Never flag in zeal, be aglow with the Spirit. I think other translations will say, Burn, burn, be set afire in the Holy Spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. And I pray that that is, that is our desire. We see water, wind, and fire as symbols of the Holy Spirit. We are very comfortable talking about God. You know, Jehovah Jireh, uh, God my provider, Jehovah Rapha, God my healer. It's no problem. We talk about God, no problem. We're very comfortable praying to Jesus or talking about Jesus. And there are symbols too of Jesus, the, the living bread, uh, lily of the valley, rose of Sharon. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, sometimes we are not so comfortable. I wasn't comfortable for many years, even to say the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was because in the old days, the translation was Holy Ghost. And <laughs> you get sort of put off, but you're just not comfortable. And, and we need that breakthrough. We need something to burn inside here and then dispel that, that discomfort uh, as though the Holy Spirit were a third-class citizen within the Godhead. And, and for, a, for a long time too, I was unable to raise my hands in, in worship. It's like too emotional, huh? you know, too emotional and you get goosebumps. Uh, and then you need the Holy Spirit inside to like burn off all these inhibitions uh, so that there's a new sense of, of praising God. There was even a time when I was unable to say praise the Lord. It's like, don't need, uh, don't need to. Or to say the word hallelujah. Why do I need to say that in Hebrew? Uh, praise the Lord. And, and then you need the Spirit within you. So I want to pray as we invite the musicians forward uh, to, to a closing song. Ask the Lord for that fire. You know, we say if somebody is very passionate about something, there's a fire in his belly. You can see it. How wonderful if people can see the fire in our belly and to see the tangible expression of God, the Holy Spirit, in us. In us, in change life, in passion for His name, that we're not going to take it lying down with somebody insults the name of Jesus and we, we run away. But we will go there, sometimes even in the face, we we'll love the person even more. So the change life, fire on the family.
let's use this next song as a as a prayer. And why don't we why don't we stand? While we are singing this song, we'll leave the altar open. If you have that desire, then that needs to be expressed. God comes as a consuming fire and it makes our life change it is tangible. So when we want to seek the Lord, let's make a tangible expression as well. Let's just walk forward, stand or kneel and just, just pray. It doesn't matter if nobody prays with you. This is your desire. Leave out the soul that today. 
Let's just ask God to fill us and let's just seek God, the relationship with Him, relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. The soul that will come later, it'll come naturally because it's a fruit of the Spirit. Let's just come and seek Him. This consuming fire that will burn in our hearts. Yeah. 
Spirit is here. There's so much, so much you want to do in our midst. I want to extend this time of, of just worship so that each and every one of us can have that encounter with Him. I don't want to rush through this moment because I felt some of you here today, deep in your spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. You are dry. You are dry. Just going through the life. But there's no life. Today, the God's promise from the river of refreshing will flow from your belly. And not, let us not leave this place until the Holy Spirit just refreshes from within. So I invite you as we worship, whether where you are or come forward, have your time of seeking the Lord. And some of us, the Holy Spirit, want to penetrate, want to revive you, want to give you the, the, the passion again. It is time to seek, seek the Lord for the passion. Just where you are, where you are seated or come forward, individually, we will continue to worship the Lord. Let this be a time when you just talk to the Holy Spirit. Come. Your personal communion, the you and the Lord. There's so much of the Holy Spirit you have yet to encounter. Thank you. 
There's so much, Holy Spirit. There's so much about you that we have yet to know. There's so much about you we have yet to encounter. And Lord, Holy Spirit, we want more of you. We want more of you. Because that's what you seek to do in our lives, in our church. You come to bring us life. You come to eliminate the Word of God. In us. You come to empower us. And Lord, we want more of you. We pray. We pray today, today, not just for us individually, but corporately, community, that God, you'll revive us. Fill us with your life. Fill us with a penetrating work. That God, we will be holy. That God, we will be excited about you. There will be a passion for you. Passion for you. There will be a joy. There will be that, that, that freedom. Freedom. Because Lord, you say it in your word, where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. There will be freedom away from all these bondages, away from things that hold us down. There will be that life when people talk with us, they will sense that, Lord, You are within us. You are within us, oh Lord, so much. And we want more of You. I pray that, God, each day of our life, we will seek more of You. Each day of our life, we will yield to You. You will yield to You. And we want more of You. Thank You, Lord. Thank You. Thank You, too. You draw us close to you. Draw us close to us. Let's, let's end with this song. Let's draw us.
and that we will fill with that joy, that love, that freedom. Again, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you. And all of God's people say, Amen, Amen, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.